It's that time. The sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. It's glad, I'm glad to be back here doing radio. It seems like last week we didn't get to do as much. Uh, this week there are going to be a few days where I will not be here. I, I want to say maybe tomorrow and Friday is what the schedule says. But, you know, Louisville baseball, understandable. Uh, but we'll, we'll be here when they're not and talking sports and it's March Madness. It is officially March, the best month of the year, hands down, without a doubt. If you're wondering what second is, uh, it's either April or May. I haven't made up my mind on that. But basketball reigns supreme here in the Commonwealth, and that's what we will be talking about for the next month and into April. Look forward to doing that. And it's uh, there's one more week of regular season games. Kentucky just has two more games to complete a perfect season, so you know we're going to be talking about all that today. Louisville gets a big, big, big win over the weekend. Uh, and look, don't look now, but the Cards have a little bit of momentum heading into two huge games before the ACC tournament plays. Uh, still a lot to be determined with Louisville's seeding uh, and, and even expectations. If Louisville were to go in and beat Notre Dame and Virginia these next two weeks and have a, a strong run in the ACC tournament, then you've got to you've got to readjust your your expectations on how far Louisville can go in the tournament. So a lot to be decided in the next seven days for the cards uh, and furthermore into the tournament. So plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about that Louisville win. Of course, we're going to talk about Kentucky's big win over Arkansas. Tom Izzo had some interesting comments today that we'll get to. Gonzaga loses over the weekend. Fist pump for me. Uh, And we're going to talk about seeding and brackets and all that fun stuff and, and maybe even a little house of cards. Yates, how are you? I'm doing well, TJ. Do you do you want me to ruin your day now, or do you want me to wait till later? You're, I, uh, oh no, oh no. Uh, is it Wednesday that we we don't have a show? Uh, no, no. It's you. You had the dates right. Or the days right. That's tomorrow okay, so gonna, okay. and Friday. Yeah. So how are you going to ruin my day? I have not started season three of House of Cards yet. What did you do this weekend? Well, we, we, there's a, a couple of friend of ours that we had talked about watching it with, and we, we weren't able to get together with them, and we didn't want to watch without them. So we, we did not start it yet. Jeez. I, I was uh, 100% sure that I would be finished by the end of, end of the weekend, and I'm not. I've got three episodes left. And, and we, my girlfriend and I were planning on finishing it, uh, but we just figured we didn't want to end it and have nothing else, no House of Cards to watch for however long. Uh, it, and there's rumors that this is the last season, although I have not been able to find that. Uh, do you know if there's going to be a season four, Yates? I haven't heard any news about that, but I also haven't heard anything about it being the last season either. I I, I have found where the season two was supposed to be their last season because the numbers weren't very good. And then season, and then it, it got popular all of a sudden. So they, they thought, hey, we're going to do a season three. Uh, but I can't find any. And somebody told me that they weren't doing a season four, but I have not been able to find it anywhere. If you're wondering, we're not going to give away any spoilers. I won't give away any spoilers or anything big. I might talk about how if I like it so far up to this point, but I won't give away any storylines or plot twists. 
Yates, I know you haven't even be you know started watching it, but when do you think it's for shows like this for Netflix and kind of the maybe the future of TV watching? When do you think it's okay to be able to start giving away spoilers on on House of Cards, something that you can binge watch and finish in a day, or people might take their time on? Uh, that's a good question, and it's a it's a tough one. I would think that minimum would be a month. I think you got to give people at least a month to to take it all in before you can consider. You know, I don't know a month for freely. a month for thirteen episodes. I I, I mean I, I I guess I get what you're saying, but I I think that's the minimum. I, you know I I'll be okay if you want to say that that's it. You know it's a month, but I don't know that I would go that I would be okay with throwing spoilers out there any any shorter time amount or any shorter amount of time than that. I don't know I. I but here's the here's the thing is I'm gonna finish it probably this week or, or maybe even today maybe tomorrow. Uh, again, just three episodes left. I'm not gonna want to really talk about it in three weeks. I'm not gonna want to talk about it in a month. I mean, maybe I will, but I, I'm not gonna want to wait for people to be finished before I, I I can start to give spoilers. And that's and I don't know if I like that because for our Game of Thrones, our, our recaps on Mondays, it's fun to get some back and forth. You learn some stuff. You get different opinions. You can't really do that on House of Cards. Maybe I just won't be able to do it on the radio. I don't know. And what's the point of even having a radio show if I can't review TV shows for 20 minutes on it? That's very true. See, it's, it's, it's different, though. I mean, you make that comparison, but with Game of Thrones, it's it's a weekly show, so it's not like you expect somebody to watch have watched 13 hours of the show well, over the I'm course of a week. I'm not comparing that. I'm, I'm comparing the, the input uh, of being able to talk with other people and have people text into the show and give their... Uh, advice and you learn different things and that's why the game of thrones is that you know, that's what i like about that uh with house of cards if i have to wait three weeks or a month to talk about it at that point i might have lost interest or already moved on to another show like game of thrones that's my point there i understand that it's that it's a weekly show versus a show where it's just put all out there right then and there but three episodes left uh, I had read a lot of reviews saying that people did not like House of Cards. I, I guess it was the, the people that watched it 13 hours straight from midnight to whenever, whenever it came out for 13 hours straight after that. So my expectations, I, I, I guess, were maybe a little bit lower than I thought, but I, I have really enjoyed this season. The middle's been a little bit slow, uh, but it does have a, a nice buildup for the finish here, the last few episodes, and I'm, I, I've liked it. It maybe hasn't been as good as the first or second, but that's, you know, that's okay. I've enjoyed it. Clayby116, glad you're back texting to the show, says that the sports talker, TJ Walker, isn't just about TJ Walker. Obviously, it's not just about sports talk either. The whole show, the premise of the show is a lie. But we'll talk more House of Cards later. We 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 started watching it on Friday with a big group of people, uh, and we had some wine and some people had a few beers. We got three episodes in before people started to fall asleep. So it was fun to watch with a big group of people, but you also it, it wasn't fun at that point because we started at seven, hoping to get maybe five or six episodes in. And, and again, we got three, and everybody, and, and the majority of the people were asleep by one o'clock. Maybe we're just getting older. But, anyways, 
Cats get a big win against Arkansas. Really fun environment at Rupp Arena, especially for the uh, for the fans that went there. They know exactly what I'm talking about. But I, I, I watched the game again, and I, I saw obviously the highlights. It sounded loud on TV. It, it 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 just had one of those big Rupp Arena feels to it, big game feels to it, um, and it, it and the team lived up to that hype. Uh, come out of the gates firing. Willie Cauley Stein's block was. I'm not, I, I feel too often people will say it's the, the best moment or the loudest moment about games in Rupp Arena, uh, but that it, it did get loud. It wasn't the loudest it's ever been, uh, but it was incredibly loud. The stare down afterwards was, I, I don't know how he didn't get a technical for that, uh, but that, that was kind of, that set the tone for how the entire game was going to be. And here's the, here's the thing about the Kentucky-Arkansas game is it, that had to be a, a tough game for Mike Anderson to have to be able to 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 deal with because he has his style of play he has his tempo he has what he wants to do and he and, and he stuck to his guns at the beginning of the game they came out running uh, playing very fast tempo doing their offense which is actually a pretty fun offense to watch there's just always movement going on uh, it, it can lead to poor decision making and turnovers and it did against Kentucky uh, but they came out saying, hey, we're, you're going to play our style of play, Kentucky, and, and we'll see how you do. John Calipari in UK said, okay, fine, let's do it. Let's run. And Arkansas saw very early on how that was going to work for them, and it wasn't good. When did Arkansas start to make the game interesting a little bit? Well, when they went to zone and, and slowed down the game. And, and you could tell Mike Anderson hated doing it, but it kept working, and it kept working, and Arkansas was able to creep back a little bit. The game was never in doubt, and Arkansas never really made it uh, too exciting. And this is early on in the second half, and then, uh, sure enough, Kentucky went on another big run, really just pushed that game wide open, and then went into stall mode and allowed Arkansas to come back and and, and let it be an 18-point game or whatever it, whatever it ended up being. But it, it, the, what, so what that tell, tells me is this Kentucky team, you don't try to run with them. We saw UNC try to do that, and, and we had some debates back then whether or not maybe that's a smart thing to do because then you don't let Kentucky get set. And if you don't let UK get set in their defense, then you can catch them off guard, give yourself a better chance. No, you don't want to run with UK because, one – you might there might be play, quicker players on opposing teams, but you're not going to have a quicker team. You're not going to have a, a a team that can run better than UK, especially a team that can go nine or ten deep. It's just not going to happen. So the way to beat UK, if anybody can, slow it down, make the most out of your possessions, limit the game, shorten it. Arkansas wasn't going to do that, and that, and that's why they weren't going to beat UK. And a lot of people want to say that, well, if there's a rematch in the SEC tournament, maybe that will be different. Arkansas is talented, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made a Sweet 16 run. But if they're going to, if they want to play that style of play, it's not going to beat Kentucky. Whether they played in Nashville in the NCAA tournament, it's just it's not going to work against UK this year. Now, a style of play that could beat Kentucky's is Georgia's. And Yates, haven't I all season circled, or not circled, but 
talked about the games that UK could lose, and Georgia's always been one of those games, correct? That is correct. And I wanted, I, I considered maybe pulling Georgia off that list after they had lost at home to Auburn and South Carolina, but ultimately stick to my guns, the, the same list of teams that I've had all season long. Wasn't ready to pull Georgia off the, off the list, and I'm glad I haven't, because after that, they've been pretty good. Uh, again, you can't excuse home losses to Auburn and South Carolina. I think what that tells me is that Georgia's probably not going to make a a deep postseason run, but I don't think anybody really thought they were going to do that anyways. But does that does that mean they can't beat UK on their home court? No, they can, because since then they've won three straight, two on the road. And they're probably going to make the tournament because that's how bad college basketball is this year with them at 19-9, and nine, likely to finish the year maybe 20-10. and 10. They're probably going to make the tournament, and again, that's, that's terrible. It's awful. But if they beat Kentucky, then then they don't have to sweat out anything on Selection Sunday. They're in without a doubt. So it's going to be a desperate team. It's going to be their senior day. It's a 9 o'clock game. It's going to be a, a nice, probably liquored-up crowd. Maybe some of the students. Maybe not. And they'll be ready to go. Fox is a good coach. They played Kentucky close in Lexington. And so I, I'm still keeping this game on the on the on a, on one of the potential games UK could lose. But after that, I'm no SEC tournament game they can lose. They're not going to lose in Louisville in the NCAA tournament. So if Kentucky can get by Georgia, this 40 and 0 thing becomes really really feasible. Really, really interesting. It really is Georgia. Uh, Georgia's the last road bump before Kentucky gets really, really sniffing a national title. So a lot goes into that Tuesday night game. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Georgia game because we won't have a show tomorrow. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here to Louisville. Yates, I, I don't I don't miss a ton unless sometimes it's my PT picks of the day. I'll miss some of those from time to time, but not in not in great bulk. But I did think Louisville was gonna lose to Florida State, and that was a prediction that was way off. Cards get a 22 point win, probably their best all around game of the year. If you take into you take into perspective their who they were playing. Again, Florida State's not a great team, not a tournament team. But you take into account who they're playing on the road. You know, maybe the Indiana game would be up there in terms of best performances of the year for Louisville. But then when you consider the off the court circumstances, without a doubt, Louisville's win against Florida State was was the the highlight of the season so far, or at least the best game of the season. Able to do it, really not getting a lot out of Terry Rozier, who had a, another off-shooting night. But I, I thought it'd go the other way, and I'll openly admit that I was wrong here. I thought that all the off-the-court stuff, having to 
deal with Chris Jones' dismissal, not only dismissal, but the the shot. And I really do believe Rick Pitino here that their team was shocked because why wouldn't you be shocked when a guy that's been on your team for two years now faces maybe 40, 50 years in prison, possibly. So, of course, they're going to be shocked. Of course, that's going to be way heavy on them. I thought it was going to be too much, especially for a team that seemed to be taken on water and close to sinking. But they did the exact opposite. They rallied together and played with a lot of energy and, and, and played really well. I know this is going to be a big if for Louisville going on into the season and, and losing Chris Jones won't help from this perspective. But I, I, it really is going to come down to if Louisville can hit threes in games, they're going to be able to be competitive with most teams or blowout teams. It's the game, and they're not a good three-point shooting team, so that's why this probably isn't talked about as much. But if they're hitting threes, I really think they can keep up with anybody. If they're not, then you're going to have those close games like you did against Georgia Tech. Anton Gill had a huge game, four threes, four for four. Came out of nowhere. Only played 12 minutes, though, uh, which good numbers in such a short amount of time. And you don't have to have one guy replace Chris Jones, but if you can get some something out of Snyder, something out of Gill, maybe something out of Shaquan Aaron, Terry Rozier cannot have, continue to have bad games. Uh, but it is, a, again, it is promising that, that Louisville is able to win with him having a bad game. I think that was, uh, you, you look at Louisville's game against Florida State and Kentucky's game against Arkansas. Arkansas-Kentucky, the much bigger matchup, the much better game, the, the, the sexier game. Kentucky played great, blew out Arkansas. I almost think Louisville's win was bigger. Just with all the given circumstances and to still be able to go down there on the road and, and blow out a Florida State team that has been tricky at times for, for opponents. Game was not even close for a second. So... Uh, now you've got Notre Dame and you've got Virginia. Louisville wins those two games. You could really get up to the three seed, maybe higher. Uh, two, maybe not as feasible, but maybe. Depending on what you do in the ACC tournament. Yeah, how much better do you feel about Louisville now versus five days ago? Uh, I'll say a little better. Uh, the, the win was certainly encouraging. Uh, the way they played, moved the ball, uh, you know, 20 assists, which is, I guess, their one of their best performances of the season with regard to assists. Uh, it was very encouraging. I, you know, take it with a grain of salt a little bit because it is Florida State, who, like you said, is not a tournament team. But they have given some of the better teams they've played some trouble, and they didn't give Louisville any trouble at all. So, you know, it it's definitely an encouraging performance. Uh, this week will be huge for how this team's going to play going forward. Yeah, and I talk about making up the threes without Chris Jones and have to, how it has to be a group effort. Same with assists. Louisville's leader in, in assists. And then you have Terry Rozier get nine against Florida State despite a bad shooting night able to impact the game in other ways. So these next two games are, are huge for Louisville. Home games. Louisville hasn't been great at the Yum Center. Uh, but, but I do think Notre Dame is a very beatable team. Uh, that will be the interesting one. Because I think that's probably a game Louisville should win. Uh, Virginia, more of a toss-up. And, and if Louisville lost, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. Because, well, everybody lost to Virginia minus Duke. 
So that one wouldn't be as maybe must win. But I think Louisville needs to kind of have the taste in their mouth of, of beating a good team and, and what that can do for their program. So it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, so Louisville get in a little momentum. Kentucky obviously has had momentum all season long. And, uh, and there is – it's just a fact. There's not a little bit of truth to it. It's just a fact. If it's a big game, Kentucky's going to get up for it and they're going to be ready for it. And honestly, I think if I was John Calipari going into the Georgia game, I would make up some some bulletin board material, maybe say that there are some Georgia players uh, talking trash or doing something to get up for that game because uh, that's that's the last one. That's the last one until the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16, that Kentucky can lose, in my opinion. And me saying this, watch them lose in the SEC tournament or something crazy happen. But realistically... It's Georgia or Kentucky's going to find themselves at at least 36 and 0 in my opinion. 36 and 0. at least you know Georgia gets them to 30 and 0. And then Florida at home, a really bad Florida team, a really a Florida team that struggled 31 and 0. When we get back from the break, we'll talk about should Kentucky if they get 31 and 0, should they do something to Rupp Arena, maybe a little something special uh, to celebrate a perfect regular season? Hasn't been done in a very long time by a, by a Power 5 conference school. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here for 50 of the Sports Buzz. Clay B116 text into the show saying that he's not as confident as I am about Kentucky's run in the Ace or the SEC tournament. Whoa, excuse me. Because he believes that John Calipari doesn't care about winning the SEC tournament, doesn't try, uh, doesn't really mean much to him. And that's a good point because John Calipari has been very vocal about the SEC tournament not meaning conference tournaments, in general not meaning uh, a lot to him, especially the SEC tournament since he's been at Kentucky since 2010. And I've always, I've always, I, I don't know if I've always bought that. I think it's, almost been his way of coach speak dismissing the idea that you have to win in the conference tournament. Uh, have you ever seen him throw a game in the SEC tournament? No. Have you ever seen his team not try in a SEC tournament game? No. In 2010, made for one of the best moments of the season with the tip-in against Mississippi State, made for that fantastic picture. 2011, they were underdogs against Florida in the SEC championship game, able to win that. 2012 upset against Vandy. Now that could be your, that could be if you wanted to point to something about maybe him not caring that much about it. Maybe you point to that game. Vanderbilt was just not a good matchup for that Kentucky team. They they played Kentucky close a, a few times, and just not a and, and really could match up with UK one through five. Uh, talent was a little down, but in any given game, like you saw down in New Orleans in 2012, they could really hang with UK. And they did for that game. And, and, and that game probably did mean more to Vanderbilt. Kentucky had the number one overall seed already locked up, only one loss on the season. Uh, but, but 
and the 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 ironic thing about this John Calipari not caring about the SEC tournament, the one time that he actually has had to win in the SEC tournament, had to win 2013 to make the NCAA tournament, they fall flat on their face against Vanderbilt. Uh, that was the one time where he actually did probably care about the SEC tournament and nothing worked out. Whether or not he cares about it, the players do. The players aren't going to go into a game and not want to win. It's going to be uh, 90% Kentucky fans in Nashville in the SEC tournament. It's going to be a virtual home game. If a team does hang around with Kentucky late in that game, you don't think that crowd's going to go wild and really inspire and motivate that Kentucky team to push out and find a way to win. Again, there's probably going to be teams that, well, of course there's going to be teams in the SEC tournament that are going to need to win win those games more than UK. They'll mean more than UK. But Kentucky's just better talent-wise, and they're going to have virtually a home court advantage. So, and especially if they're undefeated. Now, maybe if they lost to Georgia, maybe that would change my thoughts on the SEC tournament. Maybe. I don't really think it would, but maybe. But if they're undefeated... That's all the motivation they need. You tell them, all right, we've got three more games in Nashville. They're going to be virtual home games for us against teams you've all already beaten to keep this historic streak going. Yay or nay, guys? Well, of course they're going to say yay, and they're going to be ready for it. Anyways, uh, so the big question is, if they can get by Georgia, and, and again, I people have said to me before, well, you can't look ahead, you can't, you, you can't talk about them beating Florida with that with this Georgia game looming. I can do whatever I want. I, I'm not a coach. I'm not a player. I can overlook into next season if I want to, and I often do, being a basketball recruiting analyst. And they're not going to lose to Florida at home on senior day. Florida's not a good team to begin with, but Kentucky could be playing a good team in that situation and still win that game. So they're going to beat Florida. The question is, if they beat Georgia and then beat Florida – should they do something special? Should they have a ceremony? Should they acknowledge it? Should they have confetti? Should they have streamers? Maybe play a video? Let the team speak? Clayby116 says, no celebration after the game and rup besides louder cheering and louder applause. Treat like another win. This is not the end game. The job is not yet done. Can celebrate when you... Your job is completely done. And, and a lot of UK fans are going to have that same sentiment of this isn't the final game. This isn't your national championship. Maybe if we were uh, uh, Wichita State, and I think they did do something after they finished the regular season last year undefeated. And there's a big difference between Wichita State going undefeated than Kentucky going undefeated. Make no mistake about that in the regular season. But a, a lot of UK fans will agree with Clay B116 in saying that you don't celebrate anything until you cut down those final nets. And there were some Tubby Smith teams that wouldn't cut down the SEC championship nets after they'd win. I, I don't know if John Calipari has done it every year they've won the SEC tournament. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Tubby Smith would make a point not to cut down the Elite Eight, nets, Elite Eight nets if they ever won. He only ended up winning one Elite Eight game at UK. But, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know if I buy into that. I don't think you have to I, – I think it's okay to take steps in the season and celebrate your accomplishments with still having the bigger picture in mind. It's possible to do that. 
And I think if they were to go 31 and 0, they needed they would need to do something at least acknowledge it. And uh, hell, I think they should acknowledge SEC championships. They clinched the SEC title outright against Arkansas, and there was not one mention of it at Rupp Arena. They didn't even come over the PA and say anything. That was their 46th SEC title. The rest of the SEC combined has 47. And they didn't say one thing about it. So I think they they probably wouldn't do anything special or any certainly anything over the top. They may mention that it's a perfect regular season. But I, I say you have John Calipari address the crowd afterwards. Have a video of the 31-0 season. Let John Calipari remind the fans that the goal isn't finished. Remind the team that they haven't they haven't accomplished anything yet. But 31-0 is tough to do, and we'll probably never see it again at UK. Realistically, we probably won't. Maybe it happens, maybe it won't. Incredibly tough to do. Winning the national title is 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 hard to win six games in a row against really good competition for maybe five or four of those games. But just it, but having that in perspective, how tough is it to win 31 games in a row against 10 or 12 really good teams with 20 of those games being maybe, not 20, but maybe 15 of those games away from your home court? You don't play any road games in the NCAA tournament. And I'm not comparing which one is better or more valuable. I'm just saying it's probably actually tougher to go 31-0 than to win an NCAA championship. So I, I do think you need to acknowledge it. That's all. I'm not saying cut down the nets. I'm not saying celebrate it like it's UK's 2000th win as a program with the confetti and all that fun stuff that they did back in 2010. I'm just saying let the team hang out on the court a little bit longer. Let the fans stay in their seats a little bit longer and have John Calipari speak. I don't think that's over the top, right? And I, and I don't think that's crazy. Now, I, it does make you wonder what Tom Crean would do at Indiana if the Hoosiers finished the year undefeated. He cut down a net after losing a game. Yates, any idea what he'd do if if they finished the year undefeated, if he's cutting down nets after losses? I don't know. Hang a banner? Yeah, probably. Definitely would be a banner hung. I'm trying to think. Maybe there would be tattoos. Free cake for everybody. I don't know. But you should you should be able to celebrate 31-0. I'm not saying that UK should act like they they or have won a national title, but you should be able to appreciate it and enjoy it. Go Cats two tweets in the show and says Cal threw the Vandy game in 2012 up five with five minutes left. Cal never called a TO, but but and Captain Arctic reminds me that Vandy had three pros on that team. My buddy and I over last week went through every SEC team in the last five years and picked the best player in the, the programs had in, in the last half decade. And for that Vandy team, it's really tough to pick between the three core players. Taylor, Azili, Jenkins. That's a good team. It's a really good team. And, and for 
to say, but to say that he threw the game up five with five minutes to go, and I don't, I don't know, it, it, I don't have the right stats in front of me, but I do trust you that that is accurate. But even if he doesn't call a timeout, then that doesn't mean he's throwing the game. That means he's letting his players figure it out. It, 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 you still have national championship players. You still had Anthony Davis, the number one pick in the draft. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, the number two pick in the draft. You still had those guys on the floor. It's not like he took those guys out and put in Eloy Vargas and John Hood. No, if he did that, okay, maybe he's throwing the game. And, and maybe, again, maybe he's not, he's not actively trying to win the game. But I, I, I don't think he's throwing the game. That's the difference. But I, I think Kentucky will be fine if they get in the SEC tournament. I can't imagine that that they get down to Nashville in front of nearly 20,000 UK fans in the arena, probably 45,000 fans in the city, and don't come away with an SEC championship. But we'll see. I, I, I changing subjects here. Yates, you would have you would have thought I was a BYU fan the way that I, how happy I was when Gonzaga lost the other night. Not because I dislike Gonzaga. I I probably make a case that I, I do like their team. They're a likable team, and obviously I want Cal Wilcher to do well. But I just needed some. I just needed some proof that they were that they're overrated because they are. I needed I, I I needed something to happen for them not to get a one seed because they didn't deserve a one seed. And then sure enough, they go into their regular season finale, senior day at home against BYU, and, and BYU just outplays them for 40 minutes. Gonzaga was just holding on throughout that game. To really not let BYU run away with it. Now they made it interesting late, and Kyle Wilcher actually had a probably a forty-five footer to to tie the game at the buzzer that looked good but missed. And a weird thing about that game, and I, I was watching it without the sound on. Kyle Wilcher sat a lot of that the late in that game. I don't I don't know why. Maybe it was because they were looking to get defensive stops, and they thought he was a liability, which Kyle Perry certainly can uh, can agree with. But didn't didn't play a lot down the stretch. I, I thought he'd actually had fouled out. But anyways, I, I was very thrilled. And it was just a, a week later, during their St. Mary's game, that I tweeted out that they didn't deserve a one seed. They ended up coming back and beating to winning that game. And then, and then just seven days after, they, they, they lose to BYU. They won't get a number one seed. Now, that's good. You know, best of luck to Gonzaga in the tournament. Go do your thing. Uh, but be a two seed like you deserve. And, and if you lose in the West Coast Conference tournament, then be a three seed like you deserve. Really, there's not a huge difference between the two and the three. But they certainly did not deserve a one. You got to beat good teams to be a one seed. They didn't beat good teams this year. I don't care if you go undefeated, beaten every directional school imaginable. It doesn't. It doesn't add up to a one seed. So I was happy to see that college basketball. It was one of the better days in college basketball that we've that we've had in a while. Uh, there's been some some bad game, some bad Saturdays, but uh, this Saturday was not one. Obviously, the Kentucky. 
Arkansas game was a, a matchup between ranked opponents. Arizona, Utah. Utah is a fun team, and I and I guess maybe they're a team that can make a run in the tournament. But this really that that game, and I watched it, and it was a great atmosphere, and it was a huge game for Arizona to find a way to win down late. I think like a minute fifteen left, ends up winning by six. But this, uh, this to me, the Arizona Utah game just showed that there is a serious gap between the great teams this season and the good teams. And the great teams, in my opinion, are, are Kentucky, Wisconsin, Duke, Virginia. Really, I'm I'm, I'm hesitant to put Virginia in there, but but I, I you know, I, I'm probably for whatever reason Virginia's better than I think they are. I don't think they're great, but they are, so they deserve to be in that category. Virginia. Arizona, and really that's probably about it. And you've got those teams, in my opinion, that are just significantly, and that's not to say that they can't lose, because they probably can, you know, they can. But I just think those teams are significantly better than the next tier of teams. I think it could be a really chalky bracket. Now, it's March. Crazy things happen in March. And usually when you go chalk in in a bracket pool, you find yourself towards the bottom of that bracket pool. But I just have a tough time believing that five of those teams, at least, at least four of them, won't be in the Elite Eight. There's a lot better than than the, than the good teams. It's not like in, in 2013 when Louisville won the title. Louisville was clearly the best team in the country. But then after that, you couldn't even guess the Final Four. You couldn't even dream up the Final Four. Could have been anybody, and it was. Not, not, not this year. You know, I, I think I could pick four or five teams and at least get half the Final Four, maybe three teams, and certainly pick the national champion. We're going to have a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Kentucky-Georgia game since no show tomorrow and get to some more of your tweets. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. We're back here, 1450 of Sports Buzz. Hannah texting the show and says, I think it'd be bad luck to celebrate going undefeated. If I was a fan, I'd be afraid of jinxing it. I don't think it, you'd be, it, it, it almost it wouldn't really be celebrating by having Coach Cal address the team after the game. I think that would just be to be able to to recognize that you had a, a great re- regular season, and then to talk about it because here's what happens in a worst case scenario where Kentucky doesn't win the NCAA championship. I I, I think the odds. I think ESPN or somebody had it that there are forty eight. There's a forty eight percent chance that Kentucky can win the NCAA tournament, which any given year that's unbelievably good. You're not going to see a team that almost has a 50-50 shot to win the title before the tournament starts. But even there at 48%, odds say that Kentucky's not going to win. 
that the field has a better chance. So if UK goes 31-0 and and then runs through the SEC tournament at 34-0 and and gets into the NCAA tournament and maybe loses in the Final Four, loses in the Elite Eight, worst case scenario, you lose in the national title. UK fans aren't going to necessarily care about an undefeated regular season, at least not immediately following the season. It's not like then you could have a, a and last year after the the national championship game, UK had a season celebration at Rupp Arena. I had to cover it. It was it was kind of sad to be honest. The, the UK had to announce something. The national championship game was Monday. If UK wins, you you have to you have to do something. You know, in 2012 they had a big parade that went all throughout Lexington and fans lined up for miles to watch the bus of players drive by. Really probably a waste of time. But they had this big parade. But you had the day of the national title game, you have to plan something for the next day that if UK wins, you have to give everybody a heads up that hey, we're doing something. Now the downside is if you lose in 2014, obviously they they lost and it made for kind of a sad ceremony. Almost felt more like a funeral. Players didn't necessarily want to be there, didn't want to talk. So, if, if Kentucky doesn't win the national championship, they're not going to want to go and talk about having an undefeated regular season because at that point, who cares? No, yeah, you went 31-0, but what do you have to show for it? Nothing, unless you want to hang a banner for 31-0, which they won't. So that's why I think you need to acknowledge it when it happens. Let the team be celebrated a little bit more. Let them have their five, ten minutes. And I kind of agree a little bit with Clay B116. Just let, let the crowd celebrate them on the court a little bit longer. And then you gear up for March and, and what happens then, it happens then. That way if Kentucky doesn't win the title, well, you, they still have that moment of being celebrated at 31-0. and And if they do, well, then you you – you burn the city down. I don't, I, you know, because that moment, if they don't win, nobody's going to care. Captain Arctic tweeted in and said uh, that Gonzaga needs to be in Kentucky's region and also says that Arizona fans are brutal. You'd think they have a 200 year tradition. I've heard that about Arizona fans. I've heard that they, that, for only having one national championship, you would have thought that maybe they were Kansas out west. It, it, it's probably just what I would consider little man syndrome, where they, they, they want more attention. Obviously, college basketball isn't that big in the West Coast. But they don't get a lot of attention. They're doing good things out there, and I like Sean Miller a lot. But they're having a pretty good year, and, and just nobody's talking about them. And they've only lost three games, but they're not really being talked about as the number one seed for the most part. Maybe updated Lenardi, maybe, maybe he has. But stuff has to happen for them to get a one seed. Nobody's really picking them as a trendy national title pick. So when they do something good, like win at Utah, which is good, they want everybody to know it. Right now, Lenardi has them as a two-seed. If Kentucky gets Gonzaga as their two-seed, I think that would be a dream scenario. 
really the only two seed UK should want to avoid is Wisconsin. Kentucky gets a rematch with Kansas. Great. Virginia and Duke are looking like one seeds. Obviously, Duke is a two seed, and UK's region wouldn't be the best thing in the world for Kentucky or Duke. Virginia, probably not ideal, but I still think that should be a game Kentucky would would win just because Virginia's not very good offensively. I had that debate on Twitter the other night. Somebody tweeted me and said that Virginia didn't try on offense, and that's why they weren't good. But when they needed baskets, they got it because their game plan is to chew up a lot of clock. Well, the, part of the reason they're chewing up a lot of clock is because they're they're not good offensively. That's part of the reason why. It's so that they can make it the game as short as possible, hope their defense is better than the other team's defense, and that their offense is slightly better. It, it, it narrows – really, their offense doesn't have to be better. If their defense is so much better than the other team's offense – then it works out where they can get a, a six or eight point win. And that's what they've been living on. I, I don't think they're unbelievable. But really, the, the only two seed UK needs to avoid is, is Wisconsin. Arizona, again, that would be tough because, like I said, there's five or six teams that I think can win the tournament, and that's it. So you want to try to avoid those teams as a two seed. Gonzaga, definitely not one of those teams. I've lost uh, a little bit, lost a track of time as Kentucky is preparing for Georgia. And again, I think one of the tougher, the toughest game they have left until maybe the Sweet 16, in my opinion. Cats beat Georgia earlier this year, but if you remember, that was a game Kentucky got up early, looked, everything looked fine, and then just kind of slept, walked through the rest of the game. Georgia came back, maybe made it a four-point game with around four-point minutes or four minutes left and also did all that without Marcus Thornton. He'll be back for Kentucky or for Georgia against Kentucky. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think Kentucky had Trey Lyles for that game against Georgia. But so both teams will – We'll add a player. Obviously, Georgia's addition is more important for them. Trey Lyles might be the better player. It's going to be a Georgia team that's going to be tough to beat. The game's probably going to be in the 50s or in the 60s. Probably going to be a blackout. It's going to be loud. Fox is a good coach. And if Georgia, this is what it's going to come down to. Georgia's going to have to hit their shots. They're going to get some looks. They're going to get some chances. And if they're knocking them down, it's going to be a close game. And maybe they have what it takes to to find a way to knock off UK. But can they hit enough open shots? Can they shoot a high enough percentage to put Kentucky in that situation? I think they can. I I think it's going to be really close. And I'm going to predict Kentucky to win because I think you're crazy not to at this point. But I I do think it's going to be a similar style and a similar game to the LSU game and to the Texas A&M game earlier this year. This is a big one for Georgia, and I, I don't know how locked in Kentucky is. Kentucky was locked in for Arkansas. There was a lot, of, a lot of hype in that game. Not as much in this one as of today. Now, maybe that changes in the next 24, 36 hours. I don't know. Yates, prediction on Kentucky, Georgia? I'm not going to you, okay? All right. There you have it. Louisville takes on Notre Dame Wednesday. We'll be back for that show. We'll be back for another Ask Yates Wednesday then. 
So we'll be able to discuss uh, that game and, and recap UK's game. That's a big one tomorrow night, though. So thanks for listening. Sorry we won't be back tomorrow, but we will be back Wednesday. It's March Madness. Enjoy college basketball. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. They say welcome to the 502 Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do Oka Freaks, Classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 2-7, don't be hitting two Song call it blue, grass song call it purple I'ma call it home, take a shot of Tron Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome Ride from the Ville to BG in my zone